Well, it's another time to talk about strategies that's going to help you with website traffic and with AI, chat GPT, wars around the world and all the media conspiracy theories and everything. How do you negate? Well, let's talk. There's also core updates. Yeah. Lots of core updates going on. So how do you navigate these waters? Looking for ideas and tactical news on how to grow and market your business online? It's the perfect afternoon morning show. So grab a coffee or your pen and paper, keep driving to work, hey, eyes on the road now, and prepare to be inspired. Jay, you don't text and drive, do you? Mm, I knew not you were text be and drive. Sometimes I do look at my notifications, but I try not to. Yeah, it's not a good thing. You know what? Notifications. What about desktop notifications? How crazy have those gotten too? Oh, between slacks and emails, and I don't even use an email desktop tool anymore because there's so many different emails that comes in. What about a Chrome? Distracts. Do you get Chrome updates? Too? I do, but it's not that many. Oh, that man. one's not that bad to me. I get them on everything, and. Um, you know what I, I think that drives me the most crazy is that when I'm on the phone with somebody, I have an iPhone, and then I get a text message or some other type of notification. It might be Slack. It might be WhatsApp. But it mm-hmm. like it, it's got that really sharp jing in your ear. Yeah. And you like can't get it off. And it like lowers the person's voice. And it's like so distracting. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> I haven't taken the time to figure out like there's got to be a setting on there that says when you're on a phone call, eliminate distractions. Like do not chime in other notifications while I'm doing that into that little that little speaker yeah. in my ear. Yeah. I mean, that would be helpful, but I use silent on everything, even GPS. I don't want GPS talking to me because oh. I'm listening to my music while I'm driving. Oh, so. yeah. You boogieing down. <laughs> well, let's talk about boogieing and driving. Well, you there's the keyword, driving. Yep. Traffic. Traffic, yep. <laughs> Traffic to, your to website. the website. And so uh, a lot of things that uh, every business needs to know about is uh, how do you drive traffic to the website? And of course, as a entry point, it's going to be SEO, search engine optimization. How do you optimize your website so that it can be attractive to Google and Bing and other search engines that are out there? And uh, for people to link to you as well. And think um, we're going to talk about some different strategies in regards to that. But we're just going to summarize them real quick because I think it's just helpful to hit along on a number of different points. Because you could talk for hours on SEO and you could Mm -hmm. break. People have written books on it. I know a friend that wrote the first book on SEO um, way back in the early 2000s. Yeah. But anyways, um, let's, let's talk about keyword research. And I think that is a nebulous topic because keyword research can never stop. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other tools that are out there. Obviously it's going to be, um, uh, I always used to like to, uh, have auto entry. I can't talk today. And that's okay. (laughs) We're going to figure it out. (laughs) But it's, um, uh, uh, when you're entering stuff into the Google search bar, that's considered to be, what is that? That is, um, the auto suggest. Well, it's auto suggest. Yeah. Auto suggest. And that's always populated. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's always been historically populated on the volume or numbers of searches. Now, there's a lot of other signals that are going to play into that. Now, it's going to be your profile. It's going to be regional. It's going to be... Uh, if you're, Well, you said per- profile. So I was going to say if you're logged in or not. Yep. And then even to like interest in what websites you clicked on before. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got a whole profile going on mm-hmm. you. But those auto-suggest terms, I think you can, uh, as you start to type and even hit space, that's going to give you a lot of suggestions of what other people are looking uh, for or what they're suggesting you could be thinking about. And it's going to auto-suggest and complete those for you. So you should think about a lot of different keywords that you have and how you utilize those in your site. Of course, every book, as remember back in the day, do you even have a library card, Jay? No. I just seen one in my wallet. I still have one. (laughs) But um, we would use the Dewey Decimal System at the library, and Mm -hmm. you'd have to look up. But when you're going through a book, you start with the table of contents, and there's chapters and there's subchapters, and that's going to become your hierarchy to understand the organization of how the book is laid out for you. And those are going to be your titles, your title tags, and your meta descriptions. So a little description about each chapter of the book. And then your H tags, which is hierarchy, that's going to be different sections of that particular chapter. You want to pay special attention to those and make sure there's appropriate keywords written for a human, socially optimized Mm -hmm. for your, your audience. And you're going to want to make sure those are in your title meta descriptions. Um, Always take a look at your competitors and what they're writing and what they're doing. That's going to be important. And then look at technical issues of your website. Speed is a a big demon. That's always a consideration. Um, And that can come into play with the content management system or the website framework that you're utilizing. Could be Laravel. It could be WordPress. It could be Drupal. It could be Squarespace. It could be all these different aspects. And your hosting. Mm -hmm. How quick is it going to serve up your website? Um, Those are going to be all aspects that contribute to SEO, you want to say something. And even going back to competitors, even if you aren't looking at it through Google search, there are tons of Chrome extensions that you can use to then be on that web page and then be able to see what their title, description, URL, um, even their headings are for that, those pages as well. Great points. And there's third-party sites. Yep. Uh, if you want to look at speed, GT Metrics is a good one to go and take a look at. And as always, there's Google Lighthouse. That's going to give you some grading too. Um, so think about SEO and thinking about doing an audit for your site. Now let's get on to content. Yeah. So while you are optimizing all of the pages on your website, it's also good to create new content for your website. So looking at those hierarchy or content pillars, as we like to call it, um, and seeing what kind of content that you can make to place on your website. So you're seeing what the Google search volume is. And let's just say you want to talk about, again, SEO on your website. Ask that no, let's focus. talk about something else. Let's talk about, um, let's see. You just went to a concert. So let's yeah. talk about looking for um, 90s. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where to go with this, but yeah, looking for 90s concert or band concerts. Um, so if you want to talk about how you buy tickets, um, what's the best method to buy those tickets, how much they cost, what Ooh. cities they're at, um, what those venues are, what music they're actually playing, if they have a previous set list from a different concert that they've done a few years back. That's all good content that you can put in a blog post to then be able to push that and promote that for different users to be able to find relevant information. Ooh, and you could actually do some, if you were utilizing WordPress, you could probably follow a number of different hashtags Mm -hmm. that surround that band and the concert or concerts that they've been in. Um, see if they've adopted a hashtag and then there's probably going to be some type of plugin. It's either free or you pay for it could pull in and display a grid of different user generated content pictures from social media profiles Mm -hmm. like Instagram that could display on that. And then you could write captions around some of those as well. Um, that could be really linkable. 
Yeah. And that speaks back to SEO. Yep. And if it's timely and you look at something like Google Trends, that will show you some comparisons of what people are talking about and where specifically, geographically. Yeah, because even if we keep using concerts as an example, there's two big ones that happen, Taylor Swift and Beyonce. So there was a lot of content. What about Metallica? Is I mean, that not, it's not big for you. Not big enough. Oh. Not at least not right now because I don't even know if they started. But both of Taylor and Beyonce's tours ended, so they're I mean, done. Yeah, there were a lot of concerts around there, but now they have their films. So oh, they're they, gonna have some kind of the Netflix. documentaries. Oh. They're coming out like Taylor's is out, Beyonce's comes out December first. Um, so there's still a lot of good content and marketing surrounding it. So it's like that's good content to put on websites too, if that is your industry or um, niche that you're working in. Well, since their concerts are done and they're going to have documentaries coming out and we're coming towards Halloween, it's into way alone to fall. Mm-hmm. When are we going to hear Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas? I mean, she's going on tour too. Oh, yep. it's got to be but time. November 1st, you know, is when everybody starts Christmas oh, music. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So um, you, you want to make sure that you're creating good, valuable content that your uh, visitors to mm-hmm. your website, your audience, that they're going to like and appreciate. And as you can say, we're spitballing this here. We're just having a conversation looking for those things. Now there's a process to actually going out, finding that content, breaking it down, writing about it. And I think you just need to sit back and realize like weeding your garden or moving stuff around your garage. It's not a five minute ordeal. You're going to spend a little time, enjoy it and have a little bit of intent behind it. Do a little bit of research and then write it out and know that you're doing this for the audience, for them to enjoy it. And Ultimately, going back to the first thing we talked about SEO, if you have good content and it's really specific for your audience, then likely it's going to be crawled. People are going to stay on the page longer when Mm -hmm. they click on you from an organic search and you're going to be attractive to other people to link to you if you keep producing good stuff. So content marketing is kind of a huge deal. Production of content is going to be good, which leads us into the next thing is into social because as you know already as a listener... Google does crawl social feeds. And if you're not completely privatized, uh, one that they do is the new X, which is Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do we just call it Twitter? We call it X. It used to be Twitter. I mean, the domain is still Twitter.com. So you'd be right. You'd you can right. say either. So Twitter feeds do get crawled. Mm-hmm. And there's lists that are out there that are curated as well. Um, I don't know as much as Facebook posts, but Reddit posts. And Actually, that makes even a lot more sense because the core update from August really focused on large user-generated content sites. So Quora was mm-hmm. one. Uh, Reddit was another one. So think of places where people do uh, commiserate and have conversations that are very generic and they can be very specific too, which is in Reddit. Um, Going to take some time to, to actually be in there and curate and have conversations, but you can't go at everything with the sales and marketing aspect. Mm-hmm. You can kind of make that be your back burner or the backseat driver that's helping you in your motives. Uh, but get out on social networks and have a game plan on how you are producing content where eventually that's going to lead back to. And I would start at a very, very wide net. So if you are a fan site for one of those 90 bands, right? And you have a bunch of, uh, memorabilia that you sell and mm-hmm. you trade, and that's just kind of your gig. Um, you're going to want to talk about all aspects of the different artists. I would follow and go to different artist pages and go to the tour pages 
and get it there with the community and talk, ask questions, be as genuine as you possibly can be and find ways to insert your authority, your opinion, um, and how they potentially that those groups can find your website beneficial. Yeah. So you can naturally add it in there. And even like we mentioned earlier, even though social media is very popular, it is still a platform that you need to consistently work at in order for it to grow. So not just posting just to post because that's just what the blogs say or that's just what the algorithm is telling you to do. But it's like making sure that you have actual purpose and intent behind your posts as well and making sure you're using different features because they have them there for a reason. So just test out if it's Instagram between the stories, the polls, the feed adding music if it's appropriate because for the 90s you know tour group it is but maybe for somebody who's more on the conservative side maybe adding actual song isn't but maybe more so abstract music it would be better true that so to give you an example to kind of follow as a marketer um Obviously, just as a human, I have a lot of personal interests. But as a marketer, I really look at the world and things that I do, especially online through a different type of a lens. And I can really separate and see it as a consumer, but then also as intent behind it and how it's being monetized. Mm -hmm. And you need to start to peel back some layers of that onion for yourself as well, too. But I recently got into motorcycling and purchased a motorcycle. And the brand that I got, um, I went on to Facebook. I actually really, really still enjoy a lot of Facebook groups, specific groups. Mm -hmm. And I find that they are micro and there's a lot of very helpful people when you get into and you hone down to a particular area or particular brand. Um, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of people that are active. And I want to say it's probably like a 90, 10 split. But when you get in there and ask some very specific open-ended questions, you will see people spark up and have a lot of conversation and they will guide the conversation and tell you what's relevant. But what will become very quickly apparent is references to what they do and don't like. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's always going to be people's opinion, but then it's going to be very apparent too, to where there's external resources or there's going to be brand names or there's going to be a part or there's going to be an opinion on safety or there's going to be, um, basically, um, congratulatory, is that a word? Yeah. Congratulatory types of accolades that are being spoken. Uh Um, you're, it's going to be really interesting. And if you vet it and look through things from that aspect, you can then make a determination of how those got inserted what was the vote that uh, allowed it to be there? How that's that getting past the admin when you shouldn't be advertising, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing a hard push. And so how those are organically, ge- uh, generically, very genuine uh, being spoken of and allowed to stay there that actually is bringing traffic back to someone's website, all yeah. from a social network. Yeah. And that goes back to brand loyalty. And that's one of the best yep. aspects of marketing because at that point, it's just word of mouth. And you're speaking to the solutions that you got from this pain point that you were having. And this brand was able to solve it with their product or with their service. So that's absolutely the best thing. True that. True that. And that gets us to the next one. Public relations, which, you know, you can speak to this because you have the big degree in it. Yeah. But I ain't anymore. I think press releases and press release sites. I think there's a lot of it's it's a whole nother segment mm-hmm. that you can play in that space. Ultimately, you're paying for it. It's pay to play. And that goes back to like buying links and buying sponsorships. Mm-hmm. It's really all into one bucket. 
unless you're just doing something really badass and cool and it's very unique and you are a disruptor in a space, yeah. then you're going to align yourself with a press agent. And essentially they're labeled as a press agent, but really they're helping to control the narrative, the messaging, uh, key points, and where people can find your product or you back online or in brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, they're going to pay for a lot of that shit for that placement. So I think it's just a whole nother way of digital marketing as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the earn side of media because you're making sure that you get your name, your product, your service out for that media attention. And so kind of too, like you mentioned, it's looking at that unique aspect Um, looking to see why we should actually promote your brand or for this story um, for whatever reason it is. And even too, it's, it's who, you know, and not necessarily what, you know. Um, So just making sure that you are placing yourselves in the appropriate kind of like network groups to make sure that you can, you know, either work with a freelance public relations um, professional or even a smaller agency, a larger agency that has media contacts who are able to get you to the right publications you need to be. And that can be TV, that can be radio, and that can be um, newspaper magazines as well. Yeah. And that gets actually crosses over into influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching over the weekend a special that just came out on Netflix about Jewel and how the Jewel, the vape product, yeah. went ahead and, and took the rise. Mm-hmm. On the second episode, they go into how they actually, it, it's really good. I would suggest everybody to kind of watch it because it's been a big disruptor to the tobacco space and things that they did right and things that they did wrong, essentially. But one of the big things was to really latch on to some influencers for like their CML. And just because of who they are and what other brands they touched and who knew them specifically. Mm -hmm. And then he hired a creative director that was really a photographer, was really known for large luxury brands that was targeted towards youth. And that actually Uh was one of the things that hurt them and probably gave them the worst stigmatism the most. However, it was that notoriety and selecting those influencers in the space that had the media, had relationships really. Mm Um, so you talk about clicks and that shit's out there in every type of demographic. It could be construction management. Mm-hmm. It could be construction building software and those trade shows and all that crap. There's all these different associations and boards all over the place for all that stuff. So you look at how you could infiltrate and become a part of some of those. Ultimately, it already comes back to sales and what you're getting out of it for what you're putting into it. Um, but that can kind of segue a little bit over into the other aspect, which is email marketing. Yep. And I think that likely ties the most in, it's just not about sending emails anymore and just doing yeah. email marketing, but I think there needs to be a life cycle and a lot of planning and processes put in place. Yeah. And two, it's the one tool that, or content that you actually own. We always like to say, if you build your own email marketing list, you can pretty much with consent, because you do have to have those users opt in, um, but just making sure that you are able to communicate with them effectively. If social media was to go down and we do know that Instagram and Facebook does have their moments where they kind of like peter out for a few hours and then everybody's losing it because they have content scheduled out or they have some big kind of campaign, at least with email marketing, not saying that those tools don't also go down, but at least with email marketing, you do own those emails to make sure that you can communicate to those um, individuals directly. Yeah. And there's going to be triggers with every type of email marketing program. I'm just going to use kind of the big ones here. I'm going to say HubSpot HubSpot. and I'm also going to say MailChimp because Mm -hmm. they've come a long, long way. 
Um, but into automations when you're publishing content. So that could be a blog post or content on your site, but then you can get down to thinking, I'm going to write this blog post about this new tour that's coming out for Mariah Carey. Yeah. (laughs) Jay's a big fan. (laughs) She loves that Christmas song. And so she's got a bunch of eight by tens. She has autographed Mm -hmm. of Mariah Carey through the years. And they're, they're actually up on her wall in her house and they're in. Nope chronological order <laughs> in a mirrored frame <laughs> and um well i'm going pretty far on that one <laughs> but anyways like if there's going to be different types of uh let's say it's going to be collectibles or mm-hmm. their items or it's going to be swag from the concerts and different concerts and she let's say, just say on her website she actually has where people post um, old concert wearables their condition and resells them and jalen helps to facilitate that sale between the customer. She's kind of like the eBay for this, for the mm-hmm. Mariah Carey warehouse. <laughs> and so um, she could go ahead and look at when new items are being posted, and it could be certain days of the week where she's then clipping those. And then before the sale is going to go up, let's say it's a really good lot. It's one of the Santa outfits she wore at the concert in Times Square in 98. Uh-huh. Okay, And that's got some real big Mariah Carey street cred. And it's going to go up, and the starting bid's going to be at ten grand or whatever. But she might announce that to her email list and give them a sneak preview to go to a special link first before she releases to the public at noon. So they got four hours ahead of time. So now you can see the want and the availability of why someone would want to be on a list like that. And then she has that captivation and the signals that she's getting it only really she's privy to because she's sending and Mm -hmm. she can see if they actually open it and if they click on it to go to the webpage and if they did something or bought something. So I got to see Excuse me. Um, All that analytics is going to be really, really important. She's going to see actually the um, dollar value of each of her members Mm -hmm. and the activity of those. And then when people are joining uh, and when people are leaving. So it's a very captivated audience. Yeah. And even too with HubSpot, because we use HubSpot internally, they even have heat maps. So you can even see where those users are clicking. If they are scrolling down, you can see. user. Yep. You can see um, read versus skimmed. So if they actually read the entire email or if they just skimmed it, which is less than eight seconds of having it open. And that'll tell you how you should now format and make your emails so they have a better conversion intent, whatever that conversion intent is for you. Yeah. Okay. Because it could be the email is too long or maybe the email just doesn't have enough information for that you know, specific user. So being able to use all of that data to then formulate a a new type or a new style of the email. And all of us have different, you know, we have different lists we're on Mm -hmm. and we have different lists that all of a sudden we become part of. We don't Mm -hmm. know how, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) but we have things that radiate with us and they're going to be personalized interests. Yes. And it could be different at different times from when you're at work to when you're on you know, your personal time mm-hmm. and it might be health wise, it could be hobby wise, but you're going to see them and you're going to just need to sit back and think, all right, this audience typically acts like this. I act like this when I'm in this part of this audience yeah. and you can get some idea on behaviors and how you should actually attain to those. You know, we saw that one site, I know I shared with you, but it was like newsletter lists from like around the world. Yep. And so there's an awesome site that's out there. Forgive me for what it is. Um, but actually, they subscribe to all these newsletters of all these big brands and corporations. And there's tens of thousands, dare I say millions. And you can go there and actually see online live the most current newsletter that was sent out from that corporation. We can find it. We can look for it in the bookmarks. 
uh, pretty legit when you're looking for ideas and you're looking to keep an eye on what uh, competitors are doing as well, too. Yeah. And even going back to tying into email marketing, SMS marketing, oh, yeah. so text messages, yeah. like that's a huge thing to put into because even like Dwight was saying, the emails can get um, uh, the Lost. first look. No, I was going to say huh. the first look um, that night before tickets actually go live at 10 a.m. on a Friday, but maybe text messages get priority over emails. So a lot of marketing strategies that I've seen because I'm a part of a lot of them, um, I see where text messages come first, then emails and then blast out to everybody. So it just really depends on how you want to lay that out for your company. But I would also tie that in because that's a really great tool, too. Yeah. And look at some of the, you know, you can look at like your credit cards mm-hmm. and they have preview clubs and you can look at how you can possibly latch on to a particular type of a brand, do outreach to a brand and then say, do we want to do something special together to my email list that's specific to your users and how you can grow that list to make that bigger attracts to that. And I'm, I'm bringing that from like, this is like five, six years ago, but Guns N' Roses went back on tour with Alice in Chains. I know they're your second favorite and third favorite bands. Can't even say it. Nope. <laughs> but uh, they did a stadium tour and it was with City Cards and they had okay. an exclusive like first access to buy tickets before they went out to the public through mm-hmm. like Ticketmaster and shit. Mm-hmm. And I bought them through that there. And you got points and yeah. you were able to use some of your points and still earn points. So it was like very advantageous to do things that way. But I was like, this is interesting. I've never done something like this before. Mm-hmm. So now we get back into our list and let's talk about targeted online advertising, which, you know, there's estimates from Google and I don't know how legit this is. Although I can tell you, if you don't think that online advertising works and that online advertising shouldn't be married with your optimization, your SEO on your site on a regular basis, you was like way back Windows 2000. Yeah. Okay. Because you're a dummy. And I will say that you are a dummy if you think Google's not in this to make money. All mm-hmm. right. Because look at their, if you, I, I would encourage you to actually go back and watch the most recent like quarterly earnings report uh, from Q2 and read about what they're investing money in, how much money they're making, where those things are going, and know that they've been making investments in those segments for years. And they're going to be continue to make it and they're looking to yield. Why? They have to yield profit. Why do they have to yield profit? Because they have shareholders. They need to make money. And that is a closed system. It's open to the public. It's free. Remember, when you go to Google and you type something in the search bar, you automatically are agreeing to those terms of service. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's free for you to use, but they can monetize it however they want to. And their advertising system, I know historically, I'm going to, I would lay a lot of money on this, is still the number one way they make majority of their revenue is through Google Ads. Yeah. I don't think anything else suffices it. Yeah. Cause even too, not even knowing if you're clicking an ad, if you're looking at that first listing that pops up on search and yep. it says ad, but you're not paying attention to it, yep. you're, you're, you know, subconsciously giving into that. Um, so it's, that's why too, a little bit of times like people use ad blockers because they don't want to be bothered with like ads. But again, we know that it's this huge business in marketing. It does actually work. You just have to target it appropriately. So whether it's a Google ad where you're looking at search terms, or if you're looking at social media ads where it's videos, it's more visual image based. Um, there's an ad purpose for every company. It's just a matter of how much do you want to spend and how much do you think you can get out of it as a return on investment? So if you look at, oh boy, where do we go from here? So 
your audience. So if you're doing email marketing and you have email addresses, you can take those email addresses and you could upload those into Meta to do a lookalike audience. Mm-hmm. And that'll help to pull that together because likely those email addresses are utilized and have been tracked with cookies through other third-party systems, not only Meta, but Google and third-party networks. And there's so many of those out there for publishers. Um, and now you can become really, really targeted where you're displaying your stuff. Yeah. It's best to get aligned with someone that's really experienced in media buying. And it's probably something you need to encroach on and actually start to do. Google ads is going to be the likely starting point. Uh, Same with probably Instagram. Now there has to be intent out of those ads and you have to be very, very clear on the goal. And so it all has to do with your ad copy Mm -hmm. and also the, if you're doing display ads or video ads, what that content is in there. Yeah. And they have analytical tools that tell you how long people watch ads for. Where do they typically stop at? What do they do? Yeah. And even to factoring into that is your landing page experience. So oh, making yeah. sure that the keywords that you are targeting actually are on that landing page. How fast is the page? Does it, you know, give we them the information that they, yeah. Does it give them the information that they need? Is there a form? Because if it's not an e-commerce website, what is the goal for them to go from an ad to the website? Are they filling out a form for, let's just say, to win a, a three-day stay at this hotel because they won free concert tickets? True. Or is it just because you just want to point them to the page just so they can read about the concert that they know that they're already attending? Or let's say you're a local small boutique hotel that is only... 10 bedrooms, okay, mm-hmm. 10 suites, and you know that you're within walkable distance or a quick drive, Uber drive, to that local venue where Mariah Carey is going to be playing at. Yep. And now you can do very, very targeted advertising around those areas to try to do packages that are specific on those nights of her shows and mm-hmm. put those together with something else. you got to get really creative in that. And you can do radius. You can do geospecific. You can do interests. There's so many different ways to do that. That leads us into our next thing, which is... How well is that shit working? Yeah. You're doing your ads. You're putting together ad ad, uh, ad spends. And as we've learned recently, too, is when you, it depends on the ad copy that you do. Yeah. And another thing is actually the length of time that you're running the campaigns. Because Google Ads, for example, is making a lot of strides and changes into their platforms. They have this new campaign that they're really pushing across the board. That is Performance Max. So that shows on search, display, video, discover, um, and Gmail. So they're combining all of these different placements into one campaign. So you don't have to make five different ones for each of those platforms. So with that, it's audience targeting, really no keyword targeting. And to make sure that you're actually reaching the audience that you're targeting, Google needs enough time. So it's not that seven to 14 business days anymore. It's more on the high side of 90 days. Yeah, I think that's legit. So it's like you have to be open. (laughs) You have to be open and willing to, you know, look at the data, see what it's bringing you, but also be ready to pivot. And that's a word that I've heard a lot lately with just life and how everything has been happening, like even in the pandemic. So making sure that you are like following a strategy, but also making sure you're not married to that strategy because we know things change, you know, in an instant because of the way technology is working. Yeah, those are important points. And I'm not sure I agree with the 90 day as like a standard. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be budget specific. Mm -hmm. How big is your budget? How much are you spending? Um, Because you can get a real quick feel 
between putting your toe in the water and dropping your leg in, like yeah. how cold the water is and what the temperature is and how quick you can get used to the water. Uh, Cause you're going to really start to understand very quickly with that spend, what is the average cost per click? And you're going to get some good quality scoring down and know how well your ads are. You're going to know kind of sizing you up a little bit more against your competitors, right? Yep. Oh man, there's just so much a to lot do to there. Cover. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot to cover. And then you got to think about <laughs> analytics. Okay. Is what's happening with all those ads where they land in your website, how long they stay there. Do they land and bounce? Mm-hmm. Do they do what you wanted them to do? Are you actually tracking conversions and is it accurate in there as well? Oh my goodness. Just a lot. Yeah. But you know what? If you take a chance and get together with a saucy group of individuals that give two shits and actually like to do these things on a daily basis and think about them when they're driving, listen to their music, mm-hmm. things are still going through your head. You ain't singing Mariah Carey all the time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they can probably help you navigate these waters. 